Warning, this show covers various real-life topics that some listeners may find disturbing and or triggering. Please note that these topics are spoken on in order to drive public discourse and are not meant for malicious intent. All opinions are mine and mine only. Your discretion is advised. What up, what up, what up? This is your boy Roy, and you are now tuned into Back to Center Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to life, love, and the millennial struggle. Happy Self-Care Saturday, ladies and gentlemen. Holy shit, do we have a lot to talk about. I'm not even going to waste time. Today's topics, we're going to be covering Roe versus Wade. We're going to cover the New York City permit carry being overturned. Seems like the Supreme Court was putting in work over the weekend or over the week in general. It's officially summertime, so we're going to talk about what that body looks like, and in speaking of bodies or just sex in general we're going to talk about how to have better sex now fellas this one is for you so strap in roll one up pour up a libation kick back and sit back with your boy roy we're going to cover five ways to have better sex now check this out real quick first of all i want to say thank you so much for tuning in but i also want to let you know there's a new way to support feel free to go into the description section of this podcast episode and click the donate button and donate what your heart desires thank you so much Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on where you're listening to this. Thank you so much for stopping by. Once again, this is your boy, Roy. And of course, you are tuned into Back to Center Podcast. And, you know, before I even get underway with the series of topics that we have here in front of me, I should say me, rather, um, before I get started on those topics, I just want to preface all of this and say that we need these kind of discussions. These are discussions that we need to welcome, no matter how hard they sound, right? No matter how much we don't want to, you know, conduct them, no matter how much we don't want to hear the other echo chambers opinion, which in reality, that's all this really is just a series of echo chambers. And I guess it's just a a match of who can shout the loudest. But I think in the grand scheme of things, if we really want to move the needle forward as a civilization, especially in America, because... I mean, this is a global issue, but right now all eyes are on good old U.S. of A. So if we want to move the needle here in our hometown, then we need to have these discussions, not a debate, a discussion, a conversation. So without further ado, let me go ahead and start off with the lightest one. The lightest one being New York City's permit carry rule has been overturned, which if you ask me, From a citizen's perspective, I think that's a great thing. Reason being is because we all know that criminals will carry weapons regardless of what the law says or regardless of what the law states. That's a better way to put it. However, civilians will end up facing the brunt of that law's wrath, right? By way of criminals having access to weapons. So in the grand scheme of things, Realistically, the carry rulings or the stipulations regarding getting a weapon and being able to carry in New York really just hinders the civilian. Because again, like I said, regardless of what the standpoint is on the law, a criminal is going to have access to weapons. And that is evident by what we have seen in recent news. More specifically, 
And I think the one that probably hits hardest to home is the subway shooting that, you know, it, it didn't claim 10 lives, thankfully, but there were 10 victims who did get injured, you know, during such a heinous act. And I mean, you know, obviously in some way or another, the world is like somewhat falling apart. I mean, I guess it's always been this way now that we have access to the internet and we can see each other from literally any point on the globe. Eh, probably some remote areas you, you probably won't get service, but because I mean, I mean, let's be real. Like I barely get service in the fucking subway. So can I really say there's internet access like literally everywhere? Probably not. But for the majority of the globe, yeah, we can see each other's life. We can see each other's habits and things of that nature. So maybe life has always been this way. Maybe, you know, maybe the Bible's right where it says nothing is new under the sun. And, you know, I'm not a Bible thumper. Just grew up in a religious household. So still have some of those fucking quotes lodged in my brain, which is kind of annoying, but that's a totally different subject. But um, I think for me, as someone who, who likes weapons, I'm not a, I'm not a gun nut. You know, I'm not the typical like, ah, two way, this is my gun. I'll die by this shit. Um, no, I'm not that typical guy. Um, however, I do like to shoot guns. I like to shoot weapons. I like to go to the, you know, shooting range. So that's something I do enjoy. And I think it's important to be able to at least, you know, handle a weapon, like know your way around one. And obviously I'm not saying like, yo, you need a weapon on you at all times. First of all, if you need a weapon on you at all times, and you're not law enforcement or military, you probably shouldn't be in that area, right? Because it sounds pretty dangerous. Like, I, I wouldn't want to be in an area like that either. Um, so in this case, I'm not trying to have a gun on me at all times. But the importance of, I think, at least having one at home, because you never know. Better safe than sorry. You know, my brother was a gunshot victim, so that kind of hits close to home. So I think it's something important to have. Now, in the long run, do I think it'll work out in New York? I think for everywhere except for Manhattan specifically, this might be a good thing. I think in Manhattan, you're going to have like a whole nother host of, you know, challenges that come along with being able, able to openly carry. Because I mean, can you imagine being at a rooftop lounge and someone just accidentally discharges a fucking clock right next to you? Like, come on. You know, so there definitely needs to be some enforced training to some degree, but Having access to being able to obtain a weapon is doubly important, especially if, you know, if the cops ain't going to do shit about these criminals, fuck, at least I need to, you know, run up and get done up. That, at least that's how I'm thinking, you know? So, I don't know, I think it was a good move on the Supreme Court. And uh, I know for the, the following, no one's going to agree with me on this. Um, but in some ways or another... I almost want to say I kind of agree with the ruling on abortion, too. I know. I know. Go ahead and, I guess, just, like, turn me off now or, you know, delete every podcast episode I've ever made. But hear me out. And I want to play devil's advocate for a moment, specifically because I have firsthand experience to abortions. You know, I could be totally transparent about that. I don't know how many times I've gone over this story um, but I think now is, you know, the most uh, appropriate time to discuss it. But to preface, I guess to make a long story short, because it is rather, rather personal at the end of the day. Um, long story short, me and my ex went on a trip to the Poconos and we had a really good time to say the least. Uh, I ended up shooting her club up and a couple weeks later found out she was pregnant, right? 
So throughout that whole entire mess, you know, my ex was from Uzbekistan. Here I am, this fucking Caribbean kid. Um, her parents naturally, <laughs> it's a shame that, I, that I'm saying naturally, but I guess naturally didn't like me because of my uh, complexion, because of my beautiful, sexy chocolate skin. They didn't like it, which is the shame. A shame on their part because our baby would have been beautiful. But anyway, um, they had caught wind that she was pregnant. And, you know, during that whole entire fiasco, I was like, okay, so growing up, my dad wasn't around, right? Like, I, I know my dad. Like, I have conversations with the guy. I told him happy fucking Father's Day, even though he hasn't been around for like 20 years. Told him happy Father's Day um, via Facebook. But, um, you know, my dad left when I was like, I think like around one, one and a half. So I understand what it's like growing up without a, without a father. Um, however, I think in my case, I didn't want to be that, like, I didn't want to have that example. So I was more or less gung ho ready to be a dad. Um, you know, I, I think on her end, she wasn't necessarily ready to be a mom either, which I, I totally understand. Like, Financially, we were in no position for a child, no position whatsoever. So, you know, I I guess in that circumstance, you know, an argument could be made. But what really made the decision for us to go ahead and and do what we did was, you know, and I guess you can categorize this as like a social reason. Um, I do have the statistics, so we'll go over it. And that's going to be one of the biggest reasons as to, you know, where my argument lies. Um, her parents were like, if you go through with this, like if you have this kid or like, if you actually are pregnant, we're going to disown you. And, you know, for me, I like, obviously I could sit there and be offended, but that's her family. So I can't, A, I can't make any major ruling over her body and B, I couldn't necessarily be mad at her for wanting to do right by her parents, no matter how twisted that seemed right even though obviously you and i could both tell that that's clear like prejudiceness right um at in the grand scheme of things you know family does come first you know um so we had the conversation it was a difficult conversation cuz you know during like the whole up until that point where we had talked about it we were like thinking of names we we're thinking about schools like moving and all this shit like i was low-key down for it which is hilarious because when i think about relationships and like family now i absolutely want no parts of it and i think that's probably because of the experience that i had i'm probably scarred for life you know and i know they say men have no right to you know throw their hat in this kind of conversation but on the other side of it there's also the guy you know and i could speak for that guy who kind of wanted to have his kid. Like, again, I understand the ramifications as to why we decided to execute the contingency plan that we did. However, in my heart of hearts, I was kind of hype. I was like, yo, I have the girl of my dreams at the time. That's, that's how I seen her. And I was like, and I'm about to have a child with the woman of my dreams. And I'm still in a position to where I can pivot my career and take off, which, you know, I did son son family you know i guess you could say like fortunately or unfortunately i don't even know at this point (laughs) but you know i think in the grand scheme of things it would have been nice 
Uh, it's weird to think about now, <laughs> especially as I'm recording this podcast episode and getting like flashbacks and, or rather the, the what ifs. Um, but yeah, there, I'm not going to go too deep on this topic because that's, man, that's like a fucking hour and a half conversation. Um, but I, I do want to share this personal note. I'll probably, I'll probably talk about this more in depth next week, but I, I wanted to share my personal note because two important points. A, again, there, there is another person on the other side of these decisions, even though that person isn't carrying the body per se. Um, and B, it is, it's still a hard decision. Like, I know a lot of people are just screaming, oh, rights to abortion. Like, yo, at the end of the day, for, for the people that are screaming it out loud and have never had an abortion, yo, it is not easy to come to that decision. It is not easy. Like, it's not just like, oh, let me just go ahead and yeet this baby. Bruh, it is not like that at all. And the, a lot of people try to minimalize abortions too, like post-abortion. Bruh, that shit fucks up relationships. I, could conf- I can confidently say that it fucked mine up, for sure. So how this all played out was we had the conversation, you know, I told her, I was like, hey, at the end of the day, like, I'm ready to be a father, you know, can't believe I'm saying that again, but yeah, I'm ready to be a father if need be, but I can't make you make a decision on your body. Like it is your body at the end of the day at, at the same, in the same vein though, I do want to say that I do have played a role in it. You know, if it wasn't for my seed, it's not like the fucking egg could have made him without me, you know? So again, I play a role in this. Men play a role in the creation of the baby. Yeah, it's her body and ultimately her choice, but the conversation belongs to the both of us. And that conversation ultimately dictates what you do with your body, so it's important to be had. But anyway, we had the conversation, decided to pull the trigger. We went to a hotel in Brooklyn. I was not trying to do this at home because my mom did not know that I had a fucking baby on the way. And quite frankly, no one knew. And we didn't want anyone to know until we had a full resolution to this challenge, right? I don't want to say problem because I I never want to think of what could have been my very first child as a problem. Like, what kind of sick shit is that? But anyway, um, you know, again, it's her body, right? So I, I couldn't feel what she felt. You know, I, of course, there's empathy and you have an idea as to what's going on. Essentially, you're like forcing this baby. You're like forcing a, I guess, delivery in some sense because you're using the pill, right? That's if you if you decide to terminate the baby really early in the pregnancy, then you get a pill option. I, I believe anything larger than that, then they have to like physically go in there and like fucking dismember the baby it's man it's fucking horrible i'm not gonna lie it's horrible and again i know it's your body it's your choice you're gonna hear me say this a lot because i just want to drive that point home that i understand that it is your body your choice but as someone who was a willing participant in not only the sex act but willing to be the father of what could have been a child man this is hard shit to talk about at the end of the day this is like i'm not gonna lie this is it's not triggering, but it's like, damn, to think in four years' time, I would have had a four-year-old. Like, I, would, I 
potentially could have had a four-year-old son, like fingers crossed. That's what I was gunning for. Right. But shit, I could have had a four-year-old son. And even though I'm like, yo, fuck them kids. I'm not trying to have any kids right now at this moment. That's only because of the experience that I went through. I don't, I don't want to go through that ever again. Like I know obviously the second time around, who knows, maybe you won't have an abortion, but me personally speaking, the, I, for me at least, I can't say the same for her because we don't speak anymore. But for me, the idea of like my very first child, that's completely ruined. Like it's over. It's done. You want to know what happened to my very first child? To put it in the most blunt terms, he got yeeted into the toilet bowl. Now, was my ex happy about this? Fuck no. There was a series of crying, arguing, cursing, yelling, you know, the the whole host, whatever, whatever you want to imagine outside of, well, I should say, I should redact outside and say for the exception of domestic violence, because there was no domestic violence. We were just arguing and yelling, which was kind of annoying because I was running on like two hours of sleep because we had went to a Airbnb in Brooklyn, which was, it was advertised very nice. But when we got there, it was in complete shambles. So we went from that Airbnb, same day switched out to a, like an actual hotel in Brooklyn and stayed there for like three days. It was like during the 4th of July weekend. So like everyone was away. It was kind of something we could have just got over with. And, you know, I just want to apologize too. I don't know if my ex will ever listen to this podcast. But if you do, I want to apologize for putting all of our information out on Fun Street. Um, but again, I think for a conversation like this, it's important to be able to at least have your quote unquote receipts, you know, because the last thing you want to do is have an opinion on something you've never experienced, which is a, a lot of what people do, especially in today's society and like social media activists, like everyone has these hard talking points for experiences they've never fucking had. And at the very least, what you could do is do some research and read up shit on your own. But people don't even do that. They just regurgitate these, these talking points from you know, various influencers and other dodgy sources. But anyway, so baby came out. Um, I was in, I was in the room, she was in the bathroom. And when, you know, when the whole ordeal was situated, she had come out the bathroom. She had urged me to not go in the bathroom. Um, cause she was, uh, having, she was having a hard time flushing. And uh, I was like, you know what? Can we just close the chapter on this? And I know that sounds really callous, um, but that was just where my head was at that moment. And um, I went in there. I took a look at the toilet bowl. And uh, there was this like little, it didn't look like a human. You know, that's that's one of the arguments like, oh, it's not a real person because it looks like a it could be a fucking dolphin or it could be a like that is such a dumb fucking talking point. Like, really, that's where your argument anchors on that. It doesn't look like an, a human. So it makes you feel better to, you know, delete it. And again, whatever your circumstances are for abortions, they, that could be your circumstance. We're going to go through the statistics and talk about what really is just to give people people an idea as to what we're really arguing here. Um I'm not arguing that there shouldn't be abortions. That's not my argument. Um, my argument is that it shouldn't have been held at the federal level. It should come down to the state. 
because realistically speaking, abortions are such a case-by-case basis, it is very hard to make a blanket umbrella law for it. Just going to be completely honest. 100%. And feel free, I would, I would love to have a healthy debate on it, for sure. Do I think there should be sanctuary states? Yeah, of course, 100%. At the end of the day, there are conservatives and there are, you know, libertarians or fucking <laughs> quote-unquote libtards. Those aren't my words. It's a quotation. It's a quotation. Um, so, yeah, every state is going to have its own ruling. Every state's going to have its, you know, its, its own set set of laws. But long story short, uh, I looked into that bowl and I felt like a piece of my soul went down the drain along with my, what could have been our child. And as you could probably tell by my apparently quivering voice, um, I never want to go through that again. So I will never have a child. Never, ever. Never, ever will I have a child. Um, I don't even want to get married. I'm just so over. I think the worst part about that relationship was that it was so short, but so dramatic. It just burnt out any like motivation that I had for a relationship like going forward ever. And the abortion was something that just put the icing on the cake for me. And I always thought I was going to be the person in my family to like break that cycle I guess to speak because you know my brothers had failed relationships like my brother Didzia before he passed away he wasn't in a real relationship so he doesn't he didn't have any children um my, my brother Jerry I don't want to go too deep into his personal stuff but you know it uh it didn't really end too well for him so for me I was thinking damn you know at least perhaps I could do it right like the story the fairy tale way but um it didn't work out that way. Um, but anyway, I say all of that to say is that at the end of the day, although we do like to think that this is primarily just a, a female issue, and it is, I could say at least 95% of it. Don't forget that on the other side of it, there are men who not only wanted to be fathers, were also kind of reluctant to you know, go through with that decision. So they also have their own opinions and their own thoughts on this. But anyway... Just wanted to go through some quick stats. Um, these stats are sourced from the Guttmacher Institute, uh, AGI, and also from the CDC. So these aren't like made-up stats or anything of, of the sort. Um, so I just want to pick a few. I think a few that really stand out in particular. And the reason why I'm, I'm sniping these statistics... <laughs> I felt like I said that said that wrong. Um, the reason why I'm sniping these statistics is because I want to stay relevant to the conversation. And again, I do agree with abortion, as sick as that sounds. I just believe in the grand scheme of things, the real world that we live in, not everyone's going to use contraceptives. And for the 0.5 cases of those heinous acts that do result in pregnancy... Yes, I do also believe that they need to be dealt with in, you know, a manner that not only the impending mother, but the family supporting the impending mother would approve of. Um, so with that being said, I want to segue into one particular statistic. And again, if I do a full on podcast about this in particular, it's going to be really long. It's going to be a lot more in depth. Uh, so just be on the lookout for that. But 
the one statistic that I want to point out is that of the reported abortions, less than 0.5% of them come from rape victims. Now, like I said before, for the situations where there are rape or even for the abnormalities that the child might be developing while in the womb, those are situations where I, I can see the okay for an abortion. Like, yeah, that makes sense. But for the bulk of the abortions, a lot of them, 23%, can't afford a baby. 25%, not ready for a baby. And in some graphs, how they, how they put those two together, it's like 75% elective. That's just how they classify it. So, you know, you could re if you want to exaggerate and be like, oh my God, 75% are just doing it just because. Yeah, sure. You could read that st uh, statistic. God. Why can't I say that fucking word? God damn it. I'm going to dedicate myself to reading more literature books. So over time, you'll see the progression. <laughs> anyway, um, however, I like this graph because it splits it up and it makes it a little more realistic. Uh, I guess you could say the information is more digestible from a talking point perspective. So 23% can't afford a baby. That makes sense. You know, honestly, I could say for my case, I was in both of those. We were in both of those situations. Uh, we couldn't afford a baby and neither were we ready for one. You know, so those two things definitely do apply. Um, I think it's good for me to stop there because it's an excellent segue into our next topic and a great way to also lighten the mood a little bit. Kind of got a little heavy there. I want to apologize for that. Uh, can't afford a baby, not ready for a child. Now, there are so many steps to not getting pregnant before thinking about having an abortion, right? There are so many ways to avoid that. And we're going to talk about them. And specifically, men, again, this, it, okay, this works on a two-way street. But as men, we're supposed to take charge and take lead in things, correct? So therefore, when it comes to contraceptives and it comes to pregnancy prevention, also prevention of STD transmission, it falls on us. So, when we come back from the break, we're going to discuss five ways to have better sex and safer sex to prevent not only STDs, but also the hot button issue of pregnancy. This way we could avoid the unfortunate topic, which no matter how you slice it, I don't care if you want to talk about it being your rights or whatever. Listen, the death of what could be your child is fucking sad. And as someone who's gone through it, I, that's the, the hill I'm standing on. It's a fucking sad experience. And until you've looked at your little embryo swirling around in a fucking toilet bowl in a Brooklyn hotel. Don't talk to me about abortions. All right. Anyway, this is your boy, Roy. We'll be back. And you've been tuned into fucking back to center podcast. Somebody, she's a beauty, very special, really and truly. Take good care of me, like it's 
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is your boy Roy, and of course, you're tuned into Back to Center Podcast. That song was No Turning Back by Wayne Wonder. I wanted to keep the song track true to the conversation topic. And, you know, I know we talked about sex and realistically, we spoke about the worst case scenarios about sex, right? And like what could happen and, you know, the the mitigation steps or processes, however you want to describe it as to, uh, I guess, solving said challenge of pregnancy. But in this case... I also want to be able to bring about five ways men could have better sex, not just for ourselves, but for the women that we're having sex with also. Or, I mean, quite frankly, or if you're having sex with other men, I mean, hey, you do you. It is no beef on me. (laughs) Pause. (laughs) With that being said, let's go ahead and talk about five ways you could enhance your sex life forever. And when I say forever, gentlemen, I mean literally forever. So the very first way you could enhance your sex life is by using a condom. I know, groundbreaking, right? And the reason why I say using a condom is a great way to enhance your sex life is for multiple reasons, but let's start with this one. You're protected from STDs. Now, granted, it's not 100% safe, but you're much safer than you would be without it, right? Kind of like having a gun. I mean, hey, do you necessarily need a gun? Not really, but you'd be much safer if you did. You know, I don't know. That's just my thinking. B, you can have, and I'm not condemning or condoning, you can have multiple sex partners without the risk of pregnancy. And again, could you imagine either A, having to pay for multiple abortions or B, having to be a baby daddy to multiple women and paying child support? Both of those are drastic L's that you don't necessarily need to take. So in this case, using a condom will at least give you a 95% chance of hedging your bets against something like that happening, or at least one of the two. Here's the next one. With the invention of ultra thins, you can get the pleasure of going raw without actually going raw or the reality of having crabs. Listen, the scariest shit in the world that you can do is go raw on a woman that you have never met before. I'm just going to be completely honest. And the same goes for women as well. But, you know, these topics are at least who I'm talking to is mainly targeted towards men. Right. So, like, that is one of the scariest things you could do. First of all, why would you do that? B, you're risking your health. You're risking your financial, you know, your financial acuity. You're risking all of those things just for the sake of, you know, what uh, Coach Greg Adams likes to describe it as a Carl's Jr. star. (laughs) You know, when she just lays there and doesn't really do anything. Um, But yeah, I I think all in all, using condoms can help not only hedge your bets against STDs, but also pregnancy as well. And, you know, it's common courtesy. Hey, fun fact, believe it or not, you actually can throw off a woman's pH balance if you're dirty. You know, and I mean, granted, condoms could probably do the same, but I can imagine it's less likely because I would imagine they're literally like working on engineering things for that to not happen. So in this case, you know, guys, it's really important that you pay attention to your hygiene, um, but also just using contraceptives, I think, is a common cur- courtesy, you know, and uh, again, it it hedges your bets. Like, I understand a woman might be on birth control, but those things aren't 100% effective. Same thing with condoms, but still, I think I would rather have both of those in play than not have it at all, at least from the standpoint of like an exclusive going steady relationship. For me, it doesn't really matter. If it's like a one-night stand or something casual, it doesn't really matter to me if she's on birth control. I know for a fact that I'll be using a condom and I'll be using the condoms that I brought so I know they won't be tampered with. And I'm not saying all girls do that, but man, you never fucking know. Anyway, 
since we're on the topic of conversation, here's the next thing you should do, or even beforehand, before you end up using the, con the condom, you should have the conversation first, right? Even if you're using condoms, still have the conversation if you have, you know, quote unquote, cooties, aka STDs. I know it's easy to dive into sex without talking about those topics, but it's super important that you do because God forbid, you know, you never want to get like a call like three weeks later, like, hey, you should probably go to the hospital. And you're like, what for? And, you know, you get told the, the terrible news. So I think for everyone's sake, just be transparent. You know, also for your own sake, just get tested regularly. But, you know, be transparent, have the conversation, even if that means it gets fucking awkward, which it definitely will. It definitely will. But if you're a smooth guy, I'm sure you could bounce back from it. So don't worry about it. You know, talk about the STDs, continue to have that sex conversation, you know, talk about what you like, what you don't like, you know, what gets her off, what gets you off, you know, things of that nature to at least make it a cohesive, wholesome conversation, not just like some weird medical interrogation, like where have you been the last year, you know, with your vagina? <laughs> anyway, going on to the next one, I think a good thing to have is a sex box. Guys, hear me out. Her sex toys are not your enemy. They're actually your friend. They are actually your friend if you use them correctly. You know, the uh, the beautiful thing about the vagina is that it's so multi-orgasmically faceted. In other words, you can achieve orgasm by a variety of stimulation. So using toys will just help you get there. You know, so don't be afraid to bust out the wand. I myself have a sex box, a sex box, Jesus Christ. I myself have a box exclusive with toys that we keep hygienic over here at Maison de Wa, which is coming for a name change, but that's all, that's another conversation. But anyway, here at Maison de Wa, we have a sex box exclusively full of female sex toys. I got like one toy in there for myself, you know, like a stroker, something simple. You know, I'm a simple guy. With my with my shenanigans um but no I, I think it's important to have a sex box because if used properly it enhances the sex with virtually anyone right um i'm not saying you have to be all mr 50 shades of gray and have a an array of chains belts and all of these things you don't need to have a sex box like i do you could have just you know something simple or in fact if the girl that you're exclusive with you know, feel free to invite her to her own, you know, bring her own toys. Like, hey, the more the merrier. Just the point of what I'm trying to say is don't be afraid to try new things in bed. Be willing to be open-minded. I mean, obviously, boundaries are boundaries. I'm not telling you to cross your boundaries. But whatever you feel comfortable with trying for the first time, go for it. You know, what's the worst that could happen? I think if you can't laugh during sex with your partner, then you probably shouldn't be having sex with them because serious sex is kind of weird. That's just some odd shit to me. I don't know. And to wrap it all up, here's the pro tip. The best tip that I got for you, gentlemen, ladies, if you're listening, start, start, you know, taking stock if these guys are doing this, because here's a player tip. Let's say it's a girl that you like, you want her to come back. You know, you've learned about her and things of that nature. You had like this casual conversation prior to having sex, you know, before she comes, first of all, <laughs> in more ways than one, no pun intended. Um, before she comes over, A, make sure you know what kind of snacks that she likes. And I'm not saying you have to do, do anything extravagant, but just hear me out. Make sure 
you know what snacks she likes, right? Get the Uber. If she doesn't drive, get the Uber, bring her to your place. Presumably, you know, you, you have a place that you reside in that, you know, you can have people over. Bring her over. When she comes over, first of all, make sure the crib is clean. Guys, I don't know what the fuck this is of like, I've seen these TikToks of like wives complaining about their men being dirty. Like, first of all, guys, why are you not cleaning up after yourself? How hard is it to just, you know, leave a tidy, organized place? But anyway, that's another conversation. Make sure the crib is clean. Make sure it smells good. Everything looking right. When she comes into the bathroom, make sure there are spare towels. On top of that, make sure there are women-friendly toiletries. Now, here's the ultimate kicker. Once you've blown her mind away with the wand that you've got and, you know, your stroke game is on point, whatever the case may be, you've done the foreplay, you've actually paid attention to the foreplay, and also you've taken note as to what she likes during that, you know, small conversation. On the way out, after she's comfortable enough to take a shower at your place, get dressed, do whatever whatever she has to do, you know, while waiting for transportation, bro, give her a goodie bag. I know that sounds like almost demeaning in a way, but I'm telling you, give her a goodie bag with like her favorite snacks. <laughs> and you could go as far as to like leaving like $60. I, I'm not, listen, I'm just throwing that out as an arbitrary amount. That does not make me a simp because I already smashed. I'm just being a player here at this point. <laughs> but, um, you know, like $40, $60, like, yeah, get your nails, <laughs> get your nails, hair done, some shit. <laughs> you know, it's something new. Uh, it's a, it's a, cheeky way to put a smile on her face you know and uh another kind of sneaky way to let her know that you know you pay attention to the small things but that's if you want them to come back if you want to be like you know the typical guy and you know we've all been there i've been there as well feel free to just escort her to the door and you know hey sayonara don't let the door hit you where the good lord split you so there's two ways to play it. It's always better to be the gentleman. At least that's what my dad said in one of our rare conversations. He said two things, don't be stupid and be a gentleman. I was like, all right, no doubt. So keeping those things in mind, I may not want to be with you forever, but at least at Maison de Wa, you'll have an experience you'll never forget. So hopefully you've been trying to get the message of what I'm trying to say. Next week, we're going to talk about summer fitness because this is the first week of summer and you're probably still out of shape, just saying. So we're going to cover five ways you can kickstart your summer shred and get there just in time for the summer. If you're like superiorly overweight, like we're talking 60 plus pounds, ain't shit you could do in the summertime. We can get you ready for the wintertime though. All right, ladies and gentlemen, sayonara. A bientôt.